The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, February 1st, 2021. The woman in your life Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm your host. With me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer, and co-producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. Boy, what a beautiful day it is here in Sonoma County. I was, when I, we were driving to the studio, I was singing blue skies, nothing but blue skies, just beautiful, beautiful white clouds. It makes you just feel really good that you're alive. One of the things I try to do is go out and look at the beautiful sky every morning and just say, thank you, creator. Thank you for another day of life and living. Well, this morning, I have a special guest. Joining me on the phone will be Teresa Rodriguez, the bilingual human trafficking caseworker for Ver- Ver- Verity, which is a rape crisis center right here in Sonoma County. We'll be talking about the Verity program and the National Slavery and Human Trafficking Awareness and Prevention Month, which was designed for the month, designated for the month of January by presidential proclamation beginning in 2010 to fight the global human rights issue. And you know, really, it was, last month was just so crowded. I'm so happy to be able to have Teresa on to discuss this this morning. And you know, most Americans take their security for granted, but some face violence and exploration that ordinary Americans cannot imagine. And the National Slavery and Human Trafficking Awareness and Prevention Month was designated for the month of January by presidential proclamation beginning in 2010 to fight this global human rights issue. You know, human rights trafficking, human trafficking is considered a human rights violation violation in uh, according to the United Nations. So I'm really, really looking forward to uh, talking with Therese about this and talking about some of the issues around this uh, problem that we're having in this country. You know, it's amazing when I think about it. When I was growing up, I never remember ever talking about human trafficking like it's uh, being talked about today. And also, it was really interesting listening to Amy Goodman uh, before, the hour before here, to listen to some of the issues that went on around the Black Panthers. And I remember that. I remembered it. I remembered it when it happened. I remember watching it on television. I remember listening to the radio. And it was it was so interesting to me because these people were doing all kinds of good things, school programs, uh, breakfast programs, going into the schools, doing tutoring, all kinds of wonderful things were happening at that time. And he, when you look at today's world, what's going on? It's it's kind of uh, it's kind of interesting to me. Talked about the Black Panther Party and some of the issues around it, and I thought I thought it was very interesting. In fact, I would recommend folks to uh, tune in to Democracy Now. You can. Uh, go on their website and listen to that interview. It's very, very important. And I'm really excited 
when I listen to the show and I hear all this information is coming out right now. Well, another thing happened last month that was very interesting that I forgot to mention. It completely went over my head for some reason, and that was on January 22nd, 1973, was when Roe v. Wade uh, was a landmark decision of the United States Supreme Court in which the court ruled that the Constitution of the United States protects a pregnant woman's liberty to choose to have an abortion without excessive government restrictions. And it's just hard to believe that it was 48 years ago, you know, that this happened. And it was such a liberating movement for women. I mean, not you know, I'm not for abortion and I'm not against abortion. I'm for choice, period. That's how I believe it should have written, that a woman has a right to choose over her own body and make decisions about her pregnancies or whether she wants to move forward or not. And it was really, it was a landmark decision. I mean, for someone like me, I mean, on my birthday, I'm going to be 81 years old. So I understand and I live through the years of oppression of women, years of not being acknowledged, of having a brain. You know, my mother even told me that she was really upset because she couldn't own property in her name. And it wasn't until the 70s that women were actually able to own property in their name, which is amazing. You know, we don't realize some of the rules and regulations that have come up to liberate us. And yet you have this other faction that somehow can't live with it. And, you know, when I look at abortion, you know, one of the things they say, it's sanctity of life. You know, and I think we should revere life. Life is life is beautiful. I mean, I'm glad I'm alive today. But when it comes to these issues around children, around the fetus, why aren't these people protesting at the border what they did with these children? Pulled them right out of the arms of their parents. I mean, that to me should be absolutely illegal. And there should be more discussion about that, how we treat our children. You know, what kind of education we give them? What kind of medical care is available for them? What kind of preventive care is available for them? But yet we're making this huge deal over choice. I mean, it just, it doesn't make sense for me. So there is a lot to look at for sure. Well, February is a very exciting month. It's, uh, I love Valentine's Days coming up on February 14th, a chance to express love and affection and caring for people. You know, I've gotten to the point, I, Valentine used to be my, my most favorite holiday and it became so commercial that I started to feel, I don't want to celebrate, uh, Valentine's. I'm not going to send a card. It seems too, you know, too corporate for me. And so what I start doing was I start making my own cards and then calling my friends up and say, happy Valentine's Day. This is an excuse for me to call and say, hey, I love you. You know, there's other things, there's all kinds of things we can do for Valentine's Day to express express love, to express appreciation for one another. And the one thing I like about these holidays, you know, some people, they say, oh, they're hokey, you know, Christmas and Thanksgiving and all that stuff. And I say, no, it's an excuse. It's an opportunity. It's a space that we make where we are going to focus on people. We are going to appreciate them. And that is very important. 
Well, February is also Black History Month, and I'm really excited to announce that next, next, the next show, next Monday, I will be having a dear, dear friend of mine, uh, Miss Faith Ross from Petaluma. She's a member of the Black Forum, uh, in Petaluma, and they're going to be talking about, she's going to be talking about Black History, uh, the celebration, and some of the celebrations that are going on through the, through our county as well as the surrounding counties. After all, here we are, Women's Spaces, we hit 19 counties every Monday morning. Well, let me give you a little, just a little bit of background about uh, Black History Month. Black History Month recognizes and honors important people and events in the history of African American history. In 1926, wow, noted historian Carter G. Woodson originated the idea of a Negro History Week. Uh, Woodson chose the second week of February because it marked the birthdays of two Americans who greatly influenced uh, the lives and social conditions of African Americans. And those two people were, of course, former President Abraham Lincoln and abolitionist uh, Frederick Douglass. But what what two powerful men, you know, the, the overcoming Slavery. I mean, just amazing. The tradition of what became Black History Month greatly influenced the expansion of academic scholarships and the corresponding recognition of the rich history of African Americans. You know, it's amazing the history that we have and in all the different things that have been made possible because of our African American citizens. You know, it's, you know, when you start thinking about, thinking about it, we're all human beings living on this mysterious planet in the middle of this mysterious universe. And the time has come where we look at each other as a human species, a human race, and that we are all related. We are all one family of humanity. Doesn't mean we have to live together, but it definitely means that we have to learn how to get along together. Well, I have two announcements to make, and I've been announcing this just about every week because I want to support the Peace and Justice Center. They're they're doing a donation drive for the houseless, and that what's happening is tomorrow, every Tuesday from 3 to 5 p.m., you can drop off clothing, blankets, jackets, socks, gloves. You know, what they're trying to do, all items will be given to local nonprofits to distribute to the houseless. Members of the Peace and Justice uh, Board will also be distributing items. So this is really, this is a very, very important activity. It's a very important action. So that's, again, every Tuesday from 3 to 5, you can drop off clean items in large plastic bags. And, and please, they're asking, do not drop off before these hours. So that's 3 to 5 on Tuesday. And the Peace and Justice Center is at 467 Sebastopol Avenue in Santa Rosa. Rosa. And they're they're just doing a phenomenal job, you know, trying to help the houseless. And, you know, it, it's there's so much poverty. I was reading in the paper this morning, you know, the new face of not only homeless, but but food hunger. I mean, lack of food. I mean, two little girls with their mother and they're waiting in the food line. I mean, what a shame. A country that can send billions, not only billions, trillions, folks, on this war machine, and we can't feed our people? And we're screaming about the fetus and everything, and life, and, you know, all pro, we're all for life, you know, abortion is against life? Oh, give me a break. Come on, we got to feed our people. we got to cover them with medical. we got to take care of one another. 
you know, we call ourselves a Christian nation. It seems to me that the the founder of this uh, so-called Christian nation said, love your neighbor as yourself. That means do for your neighbor what you would like others to do for you. I certainly would want my neighbors to help feed me. You know, that's really what's why it's so important what the Peace and Justice Center is doing. So please support them, and all the information, like I always say, is going to be on www.womenspaces.com. And also, remember, Women's Spaces is on at 11 o'clock this evening, so you can tell your friends if they want to hear about this information to tune in at that time. Well, I have one other announcement, and I'm really excited, and that's uh, from the National Organization for Women here, the Sonoma County Chapter, uh, over 250 strong. I am really excited because we're starting to Zoom. And as I've mentioned many, many times, I happen to have the honor of being president. And we're going to have a Zoom meeting on February 18th from 6.30 to 8 o'clock. And to celebrate black history, we'll have special uh, presentations with questions and answers with Tina Rogers, who just be, who just went, run and ran an election in uh, Santa Rosa for the Santa Rosa City Council. And she is now the, uh, the uh, vice mayor. Uh, that's, uh, excuse me, Natalie Rogers. Oh my goodness. Natalie Rogers, who's the vice mayor of the Santa Rosa City Council. And Tina Rogers is going to give us an overview of Black History Month. Uh, Tina is an educator and very, very much involved in the, in the African American community. And we're also going to have Jackie Elward on. She is now the vice mayor of Roner Park City Council. And what was amazing about that election, is that she won. Congratulations, Jackie. And she won such, she ran such a great race. And then we have another woman council member from Healdsburg City Council, Skylar Palancios, who's going to also be doing a presentation. And what's going to happen is we'll listen to them. They'll give five minutes about who they are, how they got involved in politics, and then we'll have some time for uh, questions and answers. And it is a membership meeting. So the first half hour, we talk about business for the National Organization for Women and the next hour we will have the presentation by these wonderful powerful women you know and and one of the things that i do is i always i like this thing something to think about and i found something very interesting particularly when i think of my african-american friends and i think of rosa parks you must never be fearful about what you are doing when it is right and that's a quote from Rosa Louise uh, McGauley Parks, you know, and, you know, our history is our strength. And the reason that I bring this up is because I have some uh, special announcements. Excuse me. Oh, the time of the meeting. Uh, the time is going to be from 630 to 8 o'clock, and it's going to be on a Zoom. And you can go to www.nowsonoma.org, and we will have all the information on there. And also, for the members, we're going to be sending out notices and an agenda. Well, like I say all the time, our history is our strength, and some really amazing things happened in February. February 1st, the first postage stamp, to honor a black woman, Harriet Tubman, is issued in Washington, D.C. Now, Harriet Tubman was a, was a slave that helped on the Underground Radio, uh, Railroad and freed many, many of her people and was very, very involved with uh, Franklin Douglas in the abolitionist movement. And then, of course, I just talked about uh, Rosa Parks. Well, February 14, 1913, 
Happy birthday, Rosa Parks. She made her transition in 2025, 2005. Rosa Parks, they call her the mother of the civil rights movement. Her arrest after refusing to give up her seat on a segregated bus in Montgomery, Alabama, sparked a a boycott of the bus system, which eventually led to the Supreme Court decision to integrate buses. What a brave woman. And it's something very interesting. Rosa Parks really was not the first uh, person to do that, the first uh, African-American woman to do that. Actually, Polly, uh, what's Polly's last name? I can't remember her last name right now. Uh, that's the, I'll, I'll have to look that up. Then on February 3rd, uh, 1874, and she made her transition in 1946, is Gertrude Stein poet, Arthur, art critic, famous for her phrase, a rose is a rose is a rose. <laughs> it's an interesting saying. Oh, excuse me, I, memory just came back. Polly Murray. And actually, Polly Murray was one of the founders of the National Organization for Women. And there's a new documentary that's coming out about her. But she was also, the she was actually the first woman that actually refused to get off the bus. And then it was Rosa Parks that refused but actually made history about it. It was an amazing feat. And then another birthday on February, February 4th, 1921. And she made her transition in 2006, and that's Betty Friedan, Friedan, author and activist who wrote The Feminine Mystique in 1963, and she uh, co-founded with Polly Murray and a series of other women and men, uh, the National Organization for Women, now, and that was formed in 1966. So it's, our history is really is really our strength when we know whose shoulders we are standing on. I mean, when I think of when I think of Harriet Tubman, you know, when it, I, her when I think of her and Ida B. Wells, these are two of my heroes. When I think of what they went through as African American women to bring freedom, to bring justice, to bring awareness of what was going on in those communities. My hat goes off to them, and I want to thank thank the ancestors, thank them for all the great work they did and the foundations that they that they uh, laid for all of us. And last, condolences to the fam, to the family of Cecily Tyson, who was a, an African American actress who had a real impact in the civil rights movement and some of the statements she made. And I remember when she played the part of uh, uh, the life of Jane Pittman. It was just an amazing movie. So condolences to the family and, and thank you for, thank you, Cecily Tyson. You know, when I found out that she made her transition and I started doing research, I, all I could say was this woman made a pack, uh, impact and she also stood up for what was right. And she believed if it was right, do it. If it's not right, don't. And that's a decision each one of us has to make. It's an internal decision, actually. So there's a lot to think about and a lot to celebrate. Really, a lot to celebrate. I mean, we as women, we have come a long way, baby. But we still have a long, long way to go. You know, and I'm glad I'm here to encourage that continuation of that wonderful journey towards women's equality. Can you believe that we still don't have the Equal Rights Amendment? And that's, that was over a 100 years ago that it was even presented by Alice Paul. And we still haven't got it. Hopefully, uh, this is the year that it will happen. 
Well, that's a lot to think about, a lot to say, a lot to discuss. You know, women's spaces, that's the whole idea, not only to acknowledge women for the things that they have contributed. After all, we're over 50% of the population. But also to lift our hearts and our experience and our self-esteem by understanding some of the great gifts that have been left to us by other women. Some of the great examples of courage, of cooperation, and much, much empathy and compassion for children and the future. So there's a lot to think about, folks. Well, it's that time. We're going to take a musical break. And, you know, in celebration of Black History Month, I thought it'd be a good idea to play Lift Every Voice and Sing, and it's sung by the Jocelyn Grove uh, Choir. This is one of the most cherished songs of the African-American Civil Rights Movement, and it is also referred to as the Black National Anthem. And I thought it'd be very enlightening to listen to it and to play it all the way through to hear the expression, to hear the passion, to hear the feeling, the feeling for freedom, the freedom to belong, the freedom to participate, the freedom to be able to stand up and be treated as a full human being, the right to vote, the right to have your children go to a decent school, the right to just be left alone, to not be harmed in any way. So this is, to me, this is a beautiful song. I Every time I hear it, I hear it with the Martin Luther King uh, celebration that we celebrate in January. Every time we go to the, uh, I'm involved with the Juneteenth celebration, which was a, another liberating day for African American people. And they play this song, and it just, it just gives me a chill every time I listen to it. So I thought it just would be appropriate here the first day of February, the first day of Black History Month. So I think it's very appropriate. So let's go ahead, Ken. Let's play the uh, Lift Every Voice sung by the Jocelyn uh, Grove Choir. And when we return, I will be talking with Teresa Rodriguez, the bilingual human trafficking caseworker for Verity. We'll be talking about the Verity Program and the National Slavery and Human Trafficking Awareness and Prevention Month, which was, was designated for the month of January by presidential proclamation beginning in 2010 to fight this global human rights issue. Go ahead, Ken. Let's go ahead and play that song. Yeah. 
song. Lift every voice and sing, all of us together, one race, one human race, diverse, all different colors, all different religions, all different sizes, where some are short, some are tall, some are chubby, some are thin. Rise your voice and sing, sing for freedom, sing for justice, sing for equal rights. Very, very important. Well, For those of you just tuning in, I want to remind my listeners that the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of the station, its board of directors, its members, and women's spaces. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And without further ado, I want to introduce my guest. Joining me on the phone is Teresa Rodriguez, who is the bilingual human trafficking caseworker for an organization called Verity right here in Sonoma County. Welcome, Teresa. Welcome to Women's Spaces. Hi. Good morning, Elaine. Thank you. Thank you for having Verity here in your show today. Oh, well, I'm just really, really so happy to have you on. And before we start, is it okay if I just tell the folks just a little bit about you? Uh, yes, of course. Teresa Rodriguez is the lead bilingual human trafficking caseworker at Verity and helps with the human trafficking program for the organization in Sonoma County. Verity serves people who have been affected by sexual violence. Her passion is to help the most vulnerable community and underprivileged population. Growing up in Sonoma County, she received her formal education from local schools and received her AA degree in liberal arts from Santa Rosa JC and in uh, from Santa Rosa Junior College. She got a batch, uh, excuse me, and then you got a bachelor's degree from Sonoma State. What was that degree in, uh, Teresa? Um, psychology um, with an emphasis in family and children. 
Well, you really have quite a background here. So what I thought, <laughs> what I thought we would do to start is talk a little bit about how you got involved in this field of human trafficking. Like, like I said at the beginning of the program, uh, when I was a, a youth or even in my early twenties and thirties, I never heard anything about human trafficking. And then all of a sudden it's really becoming an issue here in uh, the, from the year 2000 on. So talk a little bit about how you got involved and what, what was your motivation behind what you decided to do? Well, um, I've always liked helping people um, and just, you know, understanding, like, human behavior. So that's how I decided to, you know, um, get my bachelor's in psychology, just um, learn more about family relations, children. Um, And before Verity, I did work also for our local... um, a domestic violence um, center uh, or uh, services agency. So I, you know, I I worked with survivors in the past, doing um, you know, assisting with crisis, crisis um, situations and domestic violence. Um, and it, in that job, I learned um, or I got to know other Verity caseworkers um, and started working with them, um, assisting the same survivors. So um, I was already working with survivors of, of sexual abuse and human trafficking. So when this position opened up, it only made sense for me to, you know, go for it. And I've been there for two years now, uh, almost. And I mean, I love what we do. Um, it's a it's a much needed service here, and I, I love that we're able to assist our survivors with all the services that they need, critical services. Um, well, let me, ask you this, in- let me ask you this question. When you first got involved, were you surprised to find out how, how deep this problem was? I mean, and how, how many issues there were, for, particularly for women in our county? Um, yes. Um, you know, the more I do this job, I'm not surprised, but um, it's yeah, there needs to be more education out there. That's why at Verity, like we do, um, it's you know we do a lot of community presentations to educate everyone on this issue. Um, there is human uh, human trafficking here. There's exploitation here and everywhere else. Well, you know, I first heard about it when was when I served on the Human Rights Commission, and I went, "What, really?" I mean, I was really stunned to find out how deep the problem was and how many issues that were happening here, right here, and just in our little county, Sonoma County. Well, let's talk a little about about Verity. What is its mission statement, and 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 how? What is their hope? What do they want to accomplish? Particularly, what is your goal in in your position? What would you like to see? Uh, you to accomplish for yourself in that area? Well, I think just educating the community so that um, parents are more aware of the dangers out there, you know, the, the risks, the, the social media danger for for teens, for uh, children, um, you know, for health providers when they encounter survivors, um, you know, at their clinics or hospitals, just to be able to connect them to service agencies so that we can assist them. Um, community awareness. 
Well, you know, as part of community awareness, you know, I did some research, and I, I'm really I understand that with human trafficking, there are different there are different forms, and I want to read this list that I found, and if you could respond to it, you know, give maybe uh, elaborate a little bit on it. They said they are there are three. Uh, elements of human trafficking, which include, one, the act, what is done, two, the means, how it is done, and three, the purpose, why it is done. So can you give a little bit of an in-depth understanding? I know like the act, what is done, you know, recruitment, transportation, you know, all the different things. Can you go into this a little bit? Sure. Um, So it's basically the part-taking in the um, either labor or sexual exploitation of another human being. Um, and it's by the use of uh, the three elements of force, fraud, and coercion. Um, and it's basically modern slavery. You are um, you're, uh, forcing someone to do either a sexual act or a labor, a service. Um, you know, you're forcing them by some form, um, and someone's benefiting from it. So, it, it, in other words, what you're saying is, is that it's slavery that you're putting. It's mo- modern slavery, yes. That you're putting somebody in a position that they really may not want to be in, but they're being forced to be in. Correct. Wow, that is <laughs> that's hard to you know when you hear the word slavery, it's almost you go wow and in. 2021 that we're talking about human slavery i mean it's just it's just interesting well who who are some of the victims of human trafficking and 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 how how are they affected i mean what what happens what takes place i mean how does it how does it take place right so there are many forms of um labor and uh, sex exploitation so survivors can also look very different so um it can be a minor who was recruited online um, or by a friend, a new friend, uh, you know, and things are going on at home and, you know, they trust these people. Um, it can be an immigrant who came here with a work visa and now the employer is threatened to deport them. Um, and they really need the income to support their families back home. So, and then there's a lot of fear. Um or also, it can be someone who was in an arranged marriage, so that would fall under also like domestic servitude. So we don't think about that too. Like someone maybe who came here with, um, you know, uh, with a marriage visa, and then the person who brought him here are taking advantage of them, or they're exploiting them, sexually exploiting them, and you know they're doing all the housework. Um, and then if they have children, they'll threaten them. You know, you're gonna you, you can go back home, or you're gonna lose the children, or you know, uh, I'll get you deported. Um, it can be people with past traumas uh, or substance abuse issues. Um, the LGBTQ can also be a vulnerable population to exploitation. Um, so there are many uh, forms and um, victims, different forms of victims. Well, you know, it, it, it takes me back when you're talking about employees 
or you're talking about just somebody just being taken. I remember in the, in the 60s, the late 60s, I was very involved with the Diggers Creative Society, which was, you know, a lot of young people were running away from home at that time. They were taking certain drugs, and they were running away from home. And, and we became like a, a clearing place where people could come, and we tried to, to match them up with their family again. But we found that that would happen. The, oftentimes, young women on the streets, for example, would be would be kidnapped so to speak and would have to do horrendous things and then finally when their family finally found them and and brought them back it was just a horrendous experience because of what they have been through and it sounds like that's what you're talking about like there's a lot of pressure like if they're working in a in a place where they're maybe undocumented or if they're even if they have if they have papers, but they're afraid if they don't do if do something wrong that they're going to be sent back. I never thought of that as another form of of yeah. of, of this violence in this area. So it's really important that people people pay attention to this. Well, let me ask you one other question. What, what, who, who are the people that do the trafficking? I mean, are, is there a specific type or a specific person, or is it just a variety of people and variety of situations? Correct, a variety. So, like I mentioned, are there like you know, it could be an employer, it could, you know, taking advantage of their employees that you know because they're in a vulnerable situation. Um, it can be an older boyfriend. Um, it can be you know a group of people um, who all are you know create this. Um, uh, you know, the activity of different women. You know, coordination of different women. Um, so, you know, for sex exploitation, um, it can be, yeah, a, a business owner. Um, you can't really say it's one type of it's, it's, it's just it's just it sounds like it's a it's a variety. And I, I believe in Sonoma County. I'm not sure, but there is a task. Is there a task force that's set up to look at this problem? Correct. Um, there are two different committees here in Sonoma County that fight uh, human trafficking. Um, and they're both very important committees. Um, so the task force, yes, it's, uh, it consists of, um, the law enforcement, the district attorney's office, um, social services, um, agencies, um, who provide those services such as Verity. Um, so they do come together, um, to, you know, um, uh, plan events to bring awareness, uh, but also to support um, services for the survivors um, or assist law enforcement in uh, fighting uh, this issue and the traffickers. Well, I know that our district attorney, Joe Ravage, when uh, that was one of her goals to make sure that there was people got good good information and support through the Family Law Center, which I think is just an amazing organization. It is. Well, Teresa, I'm going to ask you to indulge me because we're going to take a musical break uh, for a little song here. I'm going to be playing a song called Singing for Our Lives because I think that's what many of these women are, or people that are involved, that this they get caught up in this cycle. It's, to me, sounds just horrendous. And if we'll come back and I have a few more questions. Is that okay with you? Sounds good. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to take a little musical break, uh, Ken. We're going to play uh, Stan. Uh, singing for our lives and it's sung uh 
I thought I think it's sung by Holly Near, but I think it could be sung by another person. But right now, I have Holly Near on here. And when we return, I will continue my conversation with Teresa Rodriguez, who is a bilingual human trafficking caseworker for an organization called Verity, right here in Sonoma County. We'll be talking about the Verity program and the National Slavery and Human Trafficking Awareness and Prevention Month, which was uh, designated for the month of January by Presidential Proclamation beginning in 2010 to to fight this global human rights issue. So let's go ahead, Ken, and play that song. Thank you. 
Oh, yes, we are singing for our lives for sure each and every day with the stuff that goes on around us. I want to make a correction of the singer. The, it was sung by a Solidary Sing Along, and it's a group called Royal Bliss that's actually part of the Sing Along group. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm continuing my conversation with Teresa Rodriguez uh, from Verity. Welcome back, Teresa, and thank you so much for hanging out with me a little longer. Thank you for having us. Oh, no, it's wonderful. We're happy. We're, we're very happy to be here and, you know, just have this conversation with you. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's so enlightening and so, you know, so much needed to know. Well, you know, let's talk a little bit. How serious of a problem is it in Northern California, including Sonoma County? I mean, how do you see it? Um, it's, um, it, there's more than people actually think um, that's happening. Um, you know, like we mentioned before, like we, we there are a lot of, there's like a lot, a lot of farm work going on. There's, you know, a lot of um, immigrants doing um, a lot of essential jobs here in the county, Northern California, um, the whole state. Um, and also, um, so social services is always really busy with, you know, handling certain situations with uh, minors and their families. Um, so I didn't speak about the second committee here in Sonoma County, the CSEC, and I can, if you like, I can explain it a little bit. Go, um, right, go right ahead. Yeah, so basically um, it stands for Commercially Sexually Exploited Children, so it's basically a state-funded program, and um, our county is part of that program. And um, so whenever there's a, a minor that's been involved in commercial sex, um, it doesn't matter if the minor thinks that, you know, they're making that choice um, and they're in control. Um, if someone is under the age of 18, they can't consent. So it's considered uh, child abuse. Um, and sexual explo- exploitation. So um, this program is coordinated here by the social services agency. So um, whenever there's a minor that, you know, has been sexually exploited or is at risk of exploitation, they uh, schedule um, MDT, so multidisciplinary meetings, to bring together all these um, agencies, um, such as, uh, you know, social workers, juvenile, probation, um, and other agencies such as Verity. Um, we come together to support the minor, um, so the children um, and their families to you know, to, to assist them in any way that, that, that we can. Well, another thing, um, another thing that you brought up talking about families, you said that on some levels, one of the questions is about a denial and the need for more education and maybe some ideas that you had about how parents can talk to their children about some of this stuff. So would you like to talk a little bit? Why do you think why do you think people should be educated right now on this issue? And what are some suggestions that you might make to parents? Right. Well, it's important because there are traffickers out there trying to recruit um, children, uh, teens. Um, So it's important for parents um, and teachers also, but, you know, more for parents to be um, involved with, like, their their kids, like, you know, know who their new friends are, um, their cell phone activity, like what apps they're using, um, who they're talking to, um, their social media. 
um, and also educating themselves more about these kind of topics and talking to their kids about it and um, also have protocols and safety plans in place in, some, in case, you know, something came to be um, they're all on the same page and then there's an understanding. Well, you know, I was just thinking as you were talking, I was thinking about my own youth as a teenager, <laughs> my daughter as a teenager, and then my grandchildren as teenagers and how vulnerable they are and how how misled they can be sometimes without even mm-hmm. without even recognizing it. So it's so important. What do you think it's so important that parents talk about, particularly, uh, you know, if their children are, if they're particularly troubled? I mean, every, every teenager is troubled. I mean, my God, I mean, it just, it's just part of the territory. So do you find, do you find, what do you feel is the fear and resistance about talking about it? I mean, what, what, what do they have to overcome in order to be that open with their kids? Well, it is uncomfortable, um, but, you know, it is it is important that we can get past that um, and come to an agreement that, you know, it, it is important to have these conversations um, because of what's out there, the dangers out there. So um, it's just, you know, it's, it's so important, you know, just for not only, like, ourselves, but, like, the people that we can encounter, friends, um you know, just, you know, people that you could see on social media, you know, um, classmates, you know, and, you know, you could be that person who reached out to that person or made that anonymous report because you're educated and you saw something and maybe you saved somebody else. Just, I guess, not to be afraid to speak out. You know, one of the things we do on on Women's Spaces the last Friday, uh, the last Monday of the month, is we do the Women's Spaces pledge, and the whole idea is that your self esteem should not, you shouldn't worry about what other people think of you. If you see something happening, you know, you need to say something. You need to stand up. I love what uh, what Cicely Tyson said: If it's right, do it. If it's not right, don't. <laughs> you know, so you have yeah. to you have to make those those uh, calls. Well, we're coming to the last segment of our show. We only have probably about uh, three minutes, maybe two minutes left here, Teresa. And I want you to go over the services as what are available for survivors at Verity, uh, how they can get a hold of you, your your website. And uh, also, I know that you're always, you know, always in need of volunteers. And you have a hotline also. Yes. Um, so I'll start with um, the, hot, the crisis line number. Um that is 707-545-7273. Um, our website is um, Our Verity, um, www.ourverity.org. That's O-U-R-V-E-R-I-T-Y.org. Um, so basically we don't, um, basically, you know, this Verity is the Sonoma County Rape Crisis Center, uh, but we always support we also support survivors of human trafficking. So if anybody needs services or more information, please call us. Um, our services consist of um, not only emotional support and guidance, but also we we have partnerships with other agencies, um, legal services like restraining orders, family law assistance, uh, immigration. You know there are visas for human trafficking survivors. We have a therapy program uh, for survivors. We can connect them to a sh- an emergency shelter. We have housing resources. 
um, assistance with county benefits, credit repair services. It's, it, it's a wide range of services for the survivors. So, you know, survivors qualify for services, and um, it's, it's always going to be different. The kids going to be different. So we basically, um, they get partnered up with an advocate that gets to work with them throughout their case, um, and that's how they get all the support. And I, I'm, I'm sure everything is absolutely confidential. Absolutely. It's, it's all, all our free services and confidential. So talk a little bit about who volunteers, what kind of volunteers you need. Um, well, we have our crisis line. Um, it's, it's covered by volunteers during um, after hours. So during the day, the advocates, we, we take shifts and we cover the line. But um, after hours, we do have volunteers um, and basically, they do um, they do pa- have to pass a background to be in the crisis line, and they have to take a forty hour training. Um, it's a free training, but they they become a California certified uh, crisis counselor, um, and it's uh, you know they get um, great education, um, and it's a great thing that you know someone would be doing for the community to be assisting survivors in their you know during their crisis. Well, that's amazing. So with this training, they actually get a certificate that allows them to be able to come onto the phones and talk to people. Correct. They get certification, yes. Well, I want to thank you so much, Teresa Rodriguez, for being on Women's Spaces and giving us all this wonderful information. So why don't you go ahead and give us the website and the uh, telephone number of the hotline one more time. So the website um, is www.ourverity.org. That's O-U-R-V-E-R-I-T-Y dot org. And the crisis phone number is 707-545-7273. It's a 24-hour crisis line. Well, thank you so much. And also, I want to let you know that I'm going to be sending you an email to let you know that the National Organization for Women, we're going to be having a Zoom. And I think uh, some of your staff and some of the people that you work with might be very interested in hearing from these women uh, political officers and also have an opportunity maybe to ask them one or two questions. And I want to thank you so much for your time and for all the great information you gave us. Yes, thank you so much. Yes, please send that over. Uh, we would, yeah, I'm definitely interested. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Teresa. You take care now. You too. Bye bye. Wow, we have so many wonderful women in our community. It is just amazing, you know. And we have a few minutes left, and I want to thank Teresa Rodriguez from Verity for giving us all that wonderful information and all the volunteers that volunteer for that organization. Thank you so much. I mean, it's it's amazing the support that is here. You know, there's an old saying, ask and you'll receive. Well, this is a group you can call up if you're having any issues, any problems. And it's it's women, women to women. It's it's a very, very, very powerful organization, and it needs it needs support, it needs volunteers, and it needs awareness. So I'm going to thank Teresa once again. What a great interview. To end the show, I'm going to read a special poem called Life is a Dream. My mother and I were sitting in her kitchen one morning, and she looked at me, and she said, You know, Elaine, life is a dream. And I didn't understand it then, but boy, I sure understand it now. So I'm going to read it to everybody. Life is a dream. 
My mama once said, life is a dream. Sitting with the sun on my back, feeling a breeze flowing through the spaces of my body. I watched the children playing and spinning, showing off their youth and grace. I understand what life is a dream truly means. Eighty years have passed. So much living, laughing, loving, crying, always wondering how long will all this last. This life given to me by the unknown mystery. Mama is gone. Free of my dog of 17 years is gone. Daddy, too, is gone. And I wonder, how long? How long can I dance or sing my song? Susan, once deep in my womb, faces the graduation of her own daughter. Well, when I wrote that, her daughter had been graduating, and now she's become a grandmother. Her, gra her son has, made, made his, has become a father. It's just amazing. Time goes by. Well, that's it for our show. A special thank you to Teresa Rodriguez uh, from the Verity Program and for all the great information that she gave us. Remember to go on www.womenspaces for all the uh, information. All programs are, in, are archived there. Also, I'm available for speaking engagements if you have any announcements you'd like to have in the air, birthdays, anniversaries, etc. Remember, our children are the future. We must never lose sight of that. This is Elaine B. Holtz, and you've been listening to Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to being with you the next time. Who give you courage, and who will surely make you stronger? Who will bear all the joy that is coming to you? Take you home now The woman in your life She can wait so easily She knows everything you do Because the woman in your life is you Because the woman in your life The woman in your life The woman in your life Previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, February 1st, 2021.